He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome in on this lovely Friday afternoon. We got blue skies, sunshine, and birds are singing. And uh, enjoy it because it's start raining again tomorrow and Sunday. <laughs> what do you got to do? Uh, I have a very interesting guest in with me in the studio today, David Ballard, who I worked with at the Shelby County Sheriff's Office. He was a, a deputy there for many years, a head of special units, did an incredible job. Uh, put in his time and retired from the sheriff's office and now works for a company uh, called Flock Safety. Flock is in a flock of geese, a flock of birds, and their flock happens to be made up of um, these panels that uh, in cameras that actually read license plates. And you say, okay, well, whoop-de-doo. Well, you know, we're always talking about crime. We're fed up with it. We want to, we got to do something, but we can't shoot everybody because that's against the law. And you can't even, in fact, I'm going to have a guy on uh, next week talking about even using pepper spray and tear gas and, and tasers. You can't even do that unless the situation is exactly perfect for you to do it and get, not go to jail. This is something you can do that it results in people getting arrested. And David, welcome to the show. Earl, I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, been too long. Yeah, well, it has. But you, I, I told him when he walked in, I said, God, you look happy and relaxed. He said, well, I'm not fighting crime hand to hand every day, you know, and but you are fighting crime. It's just in a different fashion. Well, you know, it was a uh, it was a fantastic transition. Um, I retired last September, and and came over to Flock Safety. It was just a natural progression. Uh, I'd been a customer there for four years, and and once I got over here, you know, I talk to cops daily now. But instead of doing it here in Memphis, it's all across the country, and uh, you know, we uh, we were fortunate when we first found this company four years ago. A little over four years ago, we were just—I was over a special unit, and my sergeant and I—we were sitting there one day, going, "What are we doing? We're, what we're doing is not working. We're getting the same results, putting the same hours in." So we we just did a, a did a Google search, and we found <laughs> Flock Safety. Thank and, God for Google, huh? Yeah, and uh, so we, we called. So what did you Google? Uh, uh, crime fighting applications. Well, you know, so we knew the answer wasn't what we were doing. We we had surveillance tactics. We we had undercover cars, you know, these things just weren't working. So we actually said, you know, we need to have something that we can actually track uh, suspect vehicles, that we can we can understand the patterns of these people that are committing these crimes, and we just came up with license plate readers. And and that was a, it's not a new technology. Yeah, because we know Memphis police have had them on their the rack where their lights are, those Funny-looking cameras that's off to the side. Those are license plate readers. Correct. And and so we, we actually found this company. I was a little apprehensive at first because we didn't have a lot of success with it. And one of the things that we found, it was just difficult to use. It was hard to search. So we actually called this company. They, they flew a guy in, and he came to our office, showed us what we had, and, and I said, wow, that's, I mean, it was user-friendly. and Because and it's right there on your cell phone. It's on your cell phone. It's on any kind of laptop. tablet, lap, laptop. So, you know, the, the general premise of, so the, 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 the company's mission is to eliminate crime. And when I got over there, I said, that's a pretty bold statement. But 
they have uh, proven that they that over five percent, or it's right at five percent of crime in the United States right now, are being solved with the use of flock cameras. Wow, that's the difference in Memphis, Tennessee that we need. Well, you said uh, after you initiated the cameras that uh, Chief Bonner came to you and said that uh, Sheriff Bonner now I keep calling him Chief. Uh, and said, "My crime's down 17%. What's going on? Because you said that we have to report why it's gone down and the reasons for that and why it goes up and the reasons for that. Well, you know, I've got to give credit where credit's due. If we didn't have the support of Sheriff Bonner through this, I mean, this is fledgling technology. Yeah. This, is, this was taking that big swing of crime that we needed. And he was, he was all in supportive of us. And so, you know, he did tell me, he goes, I've got to explain when crime goes up. I've got to explain when crime is down. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that we did. And we had uh, tremendous support from the county commissioners because it was going to be a dollar project. And uh, a lot of the commissioners backed us, and, and we needed dollars. And so at, at my point of my leaving uh, the sheriff's office last September, in unincorporated area, we were down 34% up in that four years. Wow. That's big in Memphis. Let's explain to them how it works. It, it's not, it doesn't just take a picture. I mean, it does everything. It takes a picture. It tracks. You can put that picture into the system of that plate number, it'll not only tell you where it's been in the last 30 days, it'll tell you when they, when it was there. Uh, I mean, how much, I mean, it gives you just about everything you want to know about how to track somebody. So one of the things that I like to, to stress to people early on, so that it doesn't track your speed, it's not running your license, it doesn't know who's driving the car, who it's registered to. So the cameras are uh, infrastructure free, they're solar powered, LTE, it all runs off cellular, and it's a, it's a government, uh, it's CIA-level encryption. So we don't own the data. The customer owns their own data, and we don't sell that data. But what the camera does is it takes a series of photographs of each car that passes, and it runs it off NCIC, which is a National Crime Information Center. Mm-hmm. And it can tell you if the car's stolen, if it's a stolen tag, if it's a registered sex offender, some of warrants, an amber alert in this camera, that's all it's checking for, and that's all it cares about. Well, once it gets one of those hits, it sends it straight to whoever serves your 911, and it broadcast, they broadcast it over there, and it goes into each officer's squad car on their laptop with a picture of the car, where it was seen, and what it's done. So any of these NCIC hits means that the vehicles had prior contact with law enforcement, and we want to talk to them again because there's some reason for that. The other side of that is, say, an investigator is tracking a drug dealer. And he wants to go in and say, let me know every time you see this car. He can save that tag into his personal, his or her personal hot list. And every time one of our cameras sees that car, it's going to send them a text message or an email. So okay. it's like having doorbell ring cameras all over the area, mm-hmm. and they're all reporting back to you. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, and, and what's, what's really cool about that, because privacy is a question. That, that always comes up. Sure. And, and like I said, we don't, we don't own the data. We can't see the data. And you look at what I just showed you earlier, the actual system, uh, some of the statistics. So Shelby County cameras, I believe there's 157 that the county owns. So they get about six to seven million tag reads every 30 days. Wow. And that 30 days, and why I keep bringing up 30 days, that's the retention period that when we do a, a hard reset, that that data's gone. And that's, that's privacy protection right there. Okay. So um, the other thing that we tell people, and I actually went to National and spoke to the city council up there about this, so you're on a publicly funded roadway with a tag that you lease from the state and your driver's license when you signed it, it was stating it's a privilege to drive in the state. So there's no reasonable expectation of privacy on our, our highways. But then you also look, you're going through red light cameras, you've got your cell phone, 
you know, this is this is one of the most, I would say, privacy protected uh, uh, technologies I've ever seen. And it, this thing is actually doing what it's doing. It's trying to eliminate crime with actionable evidence that police can take to court that you can't argue with. So when you do apprehend somebody that's driving a car with a, and it, you, you said this works on drive-out tags as well as hard uh, metal license plates. Mm-hmm. You apprehend somebody, they're in this car. How hard is it to link them to the car and to the crimes after that? Because that, what that is is just a, really a starting point. So, number one, if, if you've got them in that car, I mean, obviously you've got them in the stolen car right there. Um, you know, and I'm not, not going to give details on this case, but I'll, I'll tell a, a Basic just an case. example, yeah. It's all. So we actually had a, a road rage homicide, and I was sitting in my office with a chief, and this is last year, and it goes out over the air, and uh, we had little information, very little information. We had a blue Camry and, and a white work van, and they had gotten an argument on the side of the road, and so that's all we had to go on. And it's on one of the busiest streets in Memphis during rush hour. So I took what we had on the Camry, punched it in the system, and I had hundreds of blue oh, cars. Uh, but then I knew that there was a work van with it. So I looked up the work van and found it and went three cars back and found, the, found our Camry, got our wow. tag. Homicide had this guy in custody about 45 minutes later. Amazing. Now, you could go back five years ago, that case, as good as our homicide guys were, it's probably going to take them months to solve that case if it gets solved. Which, and that's the law enforcement side of it. And those are the cameras that you guys have, uh, that the sheriff's office has now in Shelby County. But the majority of the customers you have are not law enforcement. Correct. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're talking with David Ballard. He's with a company called Flock Safety, F-L-O-C-K. And you're going to love how this application works for private companies and private individuals. We'll talk about that right after the break. Stay with us. And welcome back on a lovely Friday afternoon. My guest this afternoon is David Ballard. He's with a company called Flock Safety. And it's a company that uh, sells, do you lease them or do you sell them, David? So it's it's a lease program. And, and one of the things that I, I liked about it when I was a customer of the lease program is if we have software updates, if, if you have hardware needs, um, we own that. So, you know, it's a set it and forget it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being infrastructure-free, we can do, you have a lot of uh, uh, solutions to where we put these for your needs. You know, one of the... the and let's talk about, once again, in case you're just now joining us, the Flock Safety is a company that, that manufactures and maintains uh, their license plate readers. But they also, do they take actual photographs as well? So that's really one of the cool things about it. And, and I was in law enforcement command for a lot of years. And you can put a bolo out, which is to be on the lookout over the air, to be on the lookout for a red Ferrari. And you're going to have a cop or a deputy who's going to pull over a green army tank and say, I think this is it. <laughs> well, what we're getting now is that picture goes out to the deputy or the officer's computer in their car. They get to put their eyes on it and see it. And, and our cameras will even not only pick up on the tag, the make, model, um, and color. It'll also pick up if it's got bumper stickers, window stickers, wow. roof racks. Uh, so you know, really in identifying uh, markings or, mm-hmm. or signage. One of the things I think that is, is unique and, and it makes it so strong is, say a car comes into a neighborhood breaking into, breaking into cars. Everybody knows that's, the, that's a big deal in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And they take the tag off the car. So how do we find that? We can actually take that image off of a ring doorbell camera that you send to, to the police. 
they can load it, and this the police have this function. It's called advanced search. And what that does, you can just drag that image in there and say, show me vehicles like this in the area. Wow. And it, it So it'll identify the make and model and how many are like it, that in that area. And it'll, and it'll bring up all the tags. Now, you, you first were introduced to it when you were still with Shelby County Sheriff's Office. You came across it, and you said, let's employ this and see if it works. And so you ended up employing how many different cameras when you were still with the Sheriff's Office? So when I left the Sheriff Honor under his command, there were 160 county-owned cameras. Uh, what was really interesting about that was the towns of Arlington and Lakeland. They came up and said, you know, we want in on this too. And your local PDs within Shelby County, even out of Shelby County, like Tipton County, DeSoto County, South Haven, um, all bought into the same program. Well, here's the cool thing and, and that we did in government that made sense. We get free access to those cameras. We spent the, the dollar amount that we spent at Shelby County for 160 cameras Got us access to 35,000 cameras nationwide. <laughs> That's a deal. And, I, you know, that. how much sense does yeah. that make? Do the math. Yeah. So, uh, but now, but it's not just, in fact, primarily it's for private citizens and companies. So this is a kind of a little funny uh, anecdote on that. When we called them four years ago and asked them to come in and bring, you know, set our cameras up for a pilot, they said, we don't really sell to law enforcement. We sell to HOAs. And that's what they started out as. Our CEO had had a, a car broken into in his neighborhood, and he made the first flock camera out of a, uh, a cell phone, you know, a smartphone. So that's what brought, you know, brought it into law enforcement here in Shelby County. We were one of the first agencies in Tennessee to have these. And we were actually the first, if you go on the sheriff's website, to see the transparency portal that they put so the citizens can see what their dollars buying them uh -huh. and how the system's being used. And it kind of... You know, that whole, you know, we want to be transparent with the public. And they were actually the first to do that with the transparency portal. The uh, Because when you think about how people use door ring bells, which I've got the door ring camera at my house, um, and you get it there and you can take it and you can download that image and send it to the police. Uh, I had an incident happen out in front of my house that I sent to the Colleyville police and sent it to the sheriff's office as well. And they were able to see what kinds of cars they were, but that was really about all they could determine from the, the camera itself. I mean, they're just not that – it was at night. You know, I, this is probably one of the, the best stories, and everybody usually draws back when I bring up this story. But uh, the night of the 2020 election, that next morning, I got a call. Uh, I believe it was the sheriff that called about 6 o'clock in the morning and said, man, we got about 35 mailboxes that have been – sawed down in, in Lakeland and Arlington, Tennessee. I remember when that happened. And, oh, it was, he said, figured out. So I started reading reports, and I had a red car, then I had a two-door car, then I had, you know, vague, vague clues that we don't solve five years ago. So I went in and just grabbed the Arlington Lakeland cameras between 2, 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. when they said somebody saw this car. and said, show me red cars between 2 and 3 a.m. in Arlington Lakeland. There's my tag. Wow. It's on a Mississippi plate. We went down there and talked to the old boy and knocked on his door. He said, you got me. Said, you, what would we get you doing, buddy? Because I didn't know. <laughs> and uh, he goes, man, I, I got high last night and went around sawing down mailboxes. And I, I'm a welder. <laughs> oh, God. And I just wanted to come back and, and repair those mailboxes. Well, everybody in Arlington Lakeland either had uh, one candidate sign in their yard mm -hmm. or they had a blue light on their porch supporting law enforcement they all thought they were targeted well yeah so so what we said was where are we at with this that these 35 people thought they were targeted 
Now we can go back and say, no, you were targeted by somebody that's stupid. Yeah. And and now they can go on and they don't have that, that fear. Fear is, is out of their head. That, and this this simple solution, that's what happened. The, the thing I think that's uh, amazing about this is that it, because it's artificial intelligence, it is learning how to do more and more things all the time. And it also, you can track an, uh, a vehicle and look at everywhere that vehicle grows. And so then you get, are able to tie them in with other crimes because of time and circumstance. So, you know, one of the fascinating, uh, and, and I didn't have it when I was, it was still with the county, it just came on recently, was the advanced search option that I just mentioned. And we have a, a thing that's called Convoy. So you can go in and say, I know there was a, a red Dodge Charger there, but they say there was another car, but nobody saw it. Well, we can go in and say, show me this red Dodge Charger and show me several times when another car's been with it, the same car. And they'll say, hey, I've seen this red Dodge Charger with this black Dodge Charger five different times. Now you got the tag on that second car. <laughs> That's amazing. Or let's just say you have a string of gas station robberies. Sure. And you can say, give me the cameras around each of these gas stations and show me a car that's been at each one of them during these times. Bam, there's your guy. Uh, later this afternoon, I hope you're still here because I'd like for you to be in on that discussion too. Um, uh, the people that own uh, Buster's Liquor uh, met yesterday with a, with a bunch of other people that retail liquor business because over 70 liquor stores have been uh, crashed into and robbed in Shelby Crazy. County in the last uh, four months. Uh, to me, this is this is exactly what this kind of a camera system is designed for because get they have videos of them breaking out the door, coming in with hoodies and masks on. You can't really identify them. Although I know facial recognition is getting better, but if you had the plates on all those cars, whether they drive out or whatever, of every car that came into that area, because there were like twenty-five people involved in that, you can eventually get all of them. Well, you know, here's here's the thing about that. We got to take a hard break, David. Uh, we're talking with David Ballard. Uh, we're going to come back with him in about twenty minutes. We've got uh, uh, also the folks from the uh, Museum of Science and History coming in here to tell you about a project coming up. They've got. And then we'll be back with David, and you'll hear more about this incredible camera system. So stay with us. We'll be back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back, uh, David Ballard, who's with Falk Safety. We're going to get back to him in just a couple of minutes because some other things we're going to talk about in addition to his product, which is pretty amazing. Jared Bullock is with us right now. He's with the Museum of Science and History, formerly known as the Pink Palace Museum, uh, one of my favorite places uh, in Memphis, has been since the day I moved here in 1978, and all the TV stations I've ever worked for I was always coming to cover the new exhibits. I think it's extremely important that kids learn about science and history, and they can't get enough. And you do such a great job there. Of, of you've got the planetarium there. You you do all kinds of. I love your beer science of beer. I mean, you put it to applicable terms and in, in our real world, and I think that's very important. But you got something coming up. I think people are really going to be fascinated with, and it's. It's unlock the vault. You're going to take them and show them artifacts that some have never been seen by the public before. Yes, sir. So on April 13th, um, we're hosting an event, like you said, unlock the vault. You'll get a chance to explore our natural science and cultural history 
archives, things that some even staff members haven't even uh, seen before. So we'll go about a, on a 15-minute tour of each of the uh, um, archives. We'll pull out some really neat things, stuff that you know you haven't really seen before, stuff that's not been out on display, and get a chance to actually put on white gloves and actually interact with some of those objects. Um, some of the natural si history or natural science um, stuff will be uh, fossils, rocks, taxidermy, uh, some really interesting things down there, and some of the stuff in the cultural history will be just artifacts of Memphis, just things we've collected over the years. Um, I don't want to go too far into it, but no, I know there's a still. Don't give up the ship before they get there. Sure. Uh, one of the things that I always thought was fascinating is that at one time it was the Barry Brooks collection of uh, mounted uh, species that mm -hmm. had been hunted from all over the world. And they were stored at the museum for many years. Then they ended up going to Now's Drug or a drugstore there on Union. Remember for the office supply place, a drugstore. Uh, are there any of those items left in the archives? Not For that collection, I'm not 100% sure. But I do know there are some. Uh, there's definitely a lot of taxidermy down there. Yeah. A lot of different animals that they will pull out and whatnot. And I'll get a little bit more clarity and I'll let you know about that. But uh, Chef Jimmy Gentry is also doing the food. And oh, great. The food is going to be great with Paradox and the lobbyist. He just opened up the lobbyist downtown. So we're going to be sampling some cool things. They're doing food from the region. So from New Orleans up to Tupelo and then Tupelo to Memphis. That's how they're theming it out. So you'll have some things like green tomatoes, grilladads and grits, some golf oysters, uh, some spicy pork balls with black-eyed peas. Um, we're going to do a bathtub gin drink. And we're actually going to throw Nothing some. new to me and David. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking out of the bathtub for years. <laughs> and then we'll throw some dry ice in there for a little added effect. <laughs> and we'll have a nice little dessert, too, some chocolate gravy over southern-style biscuit. Oh, wow. Coming on. So it'll give you a chance to taste some really cool so things. So how will it work? They'll come in, and will they will they take the tour first, or will they, you could eat and then mingle around, have a have a cocktail, then take a tour, or there'll be people rotating in and out? So, yeah, it's from 6 to 9. Come on in. Get yourself a cocktail, have a little bit of snack, um, and every 15 minutes we'll cycle tours. So there'll be a big screen that says "Tour next tour starts in so many minutes. And so you just line up and we'll take them between 10 to 20 folks at a time so you can get a little bit of an intimate session down there. This is going to be coming up on uh, April the 13th, uh, which is not a Friday, is it? It's a Thursday night. Yeah, it makes it okay. <laughs> uh, when you guys first started thinking about this, I mean, when you went to work there, took over the place, did you go in and look and, and get to go to look at everything to kind of do, do you guys do an annual inventory? How do you know what's there? Because it's been there for, how, wait, 50 years? Yeah, so we accession the objects. We have lists. We have inventories of it. When I first started, I walked into it. So the cultural history vault, it's about three stories high. Giant wow. elevator in there. I looked at it. I was like, this is an exhibit all by itself. Yes, yeah. And I was like, we need to get people in there. And they were like, We'll put an event together. And I was like, all right. A few <laughs> so, months later, we got an event. But see, what's great about that and the way you're thinking is you're thinking totally out of the box. It had all been there for years. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is thinking museum presentation. And that's got to be perfectly set up and have the displays. and Or as they say, the, uh, the Smithsonian display system, you know. And really what people are interested in is just 
information and, and stuff that they've never seen before. And to be able to, it's, I guess it'd be kind of like going to your grandmother's attic mm-hmm. and looking around. You don't know what's going to be around the next corner, you know? A little I mean, bit more organized. Yes. yes. <laughs> My grandmother had a very well organized. It was just hotter than hell up there. And we'd always go to Houston in the summer and we'd say, can we go to the attic? And my mother would go, you can. We're not going up there. She could take it as a kid, but this is obviously heated and air conditioned. Yeah. And the fossils, that's going to be real cool. Giant tusks, bones, all sorts of things that they'll um, have out on display there. And you guys are still excavating. Where the tar pits? Where that's part of the museum system here. Where is so it's the Coon Creek, Coon Creek uh, yes. Science Center out in McNary County, um, and that's a fossil uh, depository out there. Uh, uh, and so we actually pull in fossils from there and use it for our community education programs. And so the kids will get to learn how to uh, uh, look at the fossils, um, categorize it. And um, um, and list it and do some research on it. Uh, in fact, Girls Inc. went out there last summer. We partnered with Girls Inc. and the University of Tennessee at Martin um, to do that and host that this summer. What I think about that is great. Is it's actual hands-on science. It's actually as it's you're exploring, you're excavating, you're you know uh, categorizing and and preserving. I mean, it's all the things that that get people into things. You know, just. Walking by a glassed-in box and looking in there, you know, that may pique your interest a little bit, but it's it's seeing how things really work. That was always what I wanted to know about science or anything else. Is how does that apply in real life? I mean, how can I use this? Well, you know, where can I go see more of this? And and so many times, uh, my teachers had no answer for me. And which I, what I love about what you guys do is that you do in, interact. You know, no matter what exhibits you bring, I mean, everything from. Uh, I guess the dinosaurs to uh, the Elvis Presley room to whatever. We got artificial intelligence going on right now. Uh, talking about the story of artificial intelligence and how the brain reacts versus how a computer reacts. Which we were just talking about because his system is operated on artificial intelligence. Exactly. So come come to the museum and see how all that works and check that out. Challenge yourself. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of duel it out with the AI. <laughs> Uh, So once again, it's going to be April the uh, 13th at the Museum of uh, Science and History over off Central Avenue. And in in the meantime, you've got all your regular exhibits. You're opening every day uh, in... I guess this is the time of year, it's spring break. You probably have a lot more kids and stuff coming through. So open Wednesday through Sunday, uh, 1030 to 5. We got uh, spring break camp coming up um, next couple of weeks. Um, so if you need something for your child to do during spring break, come bring them to us. And we'll, have we'll you take got care it going on this weekend and next week? We've got stuff going on uh, every weekend. In fact, March 25th, we are doing AI After Dark, which um, we do a movie, bring out some cocktails, have uh, a lot of uh, actually some interactive alongside with the exhibit um, and then uh, we just found out like last night the Pink Floyd laser show oh wow uh, sold out so we're doing it again now on March we find 25th. out about it so <laughs> another the, brick in the wall ain't happening for me <laughs> so we're bringing that back uh, that's great a though. lot of people were like whoa it sold out and we're like all right all right we got here we're here we're here we'll do another run do more do more so. Well, uh, I think it's great, and we'll mention it again before April, so make sure to get as many people there as possible because it all benefits the museum system, so that's that makes the things better and, and brings in more exhibits. So there you go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jared, for coming in. Appreciate you. I will probably see you this weekend. My, we're taking care of my grandson for the next week. All my kids are on a cruise. No vacation for Daddy. Come on. <laughs> Actually, Grandpa. I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
And welcome back on this Friday afternoon. Uh, David Ballard is back in the pilot seat with us here. And we were talking about the, the company he works for now. He was with the sheriff's office for 25 years. Put in his 25. He started when he was eight. He was one of the very, <laughs> very young deputies. And <laughs> he retired uh, just a couple of years ago. Went to work for a company uh, called uh, Flock Safety. And it, what they produce are these cameras and and uh, license plate readers uh, that have artificial intelligence, and they are able to capture images and, tr- and transmit them uh, all over the country instantly uh, into law enforcement, into private individuals, into corporations, uh, whatever your need is, and they customize every job to every need. Uh, welcome back, David. Thank you, Earl. I appreciate it. What was the thing that did, that amazed you the most about the system because you had you'd seen license plate readers before didn't did you think oh yeah i've seen this before so what's the rest of this dog and pony show so one of the things that i was most impressed by it was uh, as a detective you come into your desk every morning you'd have a stack of cases and you go through and find the wins and the losses what can i solve mm-hmm. I, I gotta manage your time well this took a lot of those cases that were unsolvable and and we're solving those cases now um, you could come in and a witness might say, I saw a, a green Chevrolet. That's all I can tell you. We can go in there and say, from this time to this time, show me all green Chevrolets. Wow. And it, it'll recognize it. It doesn't have to have a tag. Uh, used to, you might tell me, I, I got two characters of the tag. It was a one and an A. Well, I can go in and say, show me all, all tags that have a one or an A in it in this proximity right here. Draw a little circle on your computer, and it'll grab every tag that has a combination of one or A. Now, somebody else had told me, and I don't know, it may be your company or it may be in combination with law enforcement, that they can actually track people locally, and once they get on the interstate, they can track them all over this country. So when somebody's trying to hide or, or, or escape or something, if they have any idea what the car is, you can find them. You can. And, you know, when we say track someone, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a misleading term a little bit because what we're doing is we're tracking bad actors that have previous contact with law enforcement or they're under investigation. Right. You know, you look at Shelby County's system alone, just, and I say use it because I'm, I'm familiar with it. I built it. That those 160 cameras, we said, scan between 6 and 7 million tags every 30 days. Deputies don't have time to look through all no. this. You know, and, and that's where the artificial intelligence comes in. Right. You know, we've solved Amber Alerts with these, just sitting at home on a uh, Sunday afternoon watching the Saints and – Amber Alert goes off, and then we get we just get on the computer and, bang! There you see your car and what it does every day that it goes from this address at seven thirty in the morning and it comes home and hits the camera at four thirty in the afternoon. He lives there. Yeah. Your bad guy lives there. You remember? Uh, it was still when I was with the sheriff's office and there was a white van that uh, had uh, taken I think his daughter from somewhere in East Tennessee, mm-hmm. and they thought at one point they were actually here. They ended up finding them, but it, that would have been a perfect scenario for this system because. You knew what kind of a van it was and uh, probably even had a license plate number. And if you could have had this system, just say, we're looking for this white van. It's a painter's truck with a rack on the top with a ladder. And this is a license plate. Put it into the system. And that when you talk about Amber Alerts, because that's what that was. So, you know, I was actually sitting on the side of the highway during that case looking for that van. And what the system would do then is that originating agency that had that, they're going to go ahead and enter that, that tag into what's called their personal hot list. Every officer that's got an account's got one. Every commercial business that's got an account, they've got, their administrator has one. You just save that tag in there and say, show me every time this tag hits the reader. And it sends you a picture and a location, Latin long, a direction of travel, 
and then you you can actually plan. You know, that's something else that I, I, I wanted to bring up because I think it's so important. What this does, and we all know the, the, the current temperature, you know, with law enforcement the past couple of years, what the system's allowing police to do now is plan, is to, to move assets to make safer uh, arrests and, and closure to cases. When you put these alerts out that there's a sex offender that's near the school or there's a, a wanted party that's at the Delta Fair, which actually happened. We had a terrorist hit on, you know, and it was a, it came across as, hey, this guy might be on the terrorist or gang member list. Went and found it, found the vehicle at the fair, there's nothing to it, went on about our business. That's a level of protection that, that we as citizens now mostly don't know. No. And that was going to be my other point was, don't you think this is information that the criminal element ought to know too? Because if you can find them anywhere if they're in a, in a vehicle. So, you know, I absolutely think that. You know, if, when we first got this technology, it was do we, do we broadcast it out or how do we handle this with, with the public? Well, I agreed with the sheriff at the time. The public has a right to know. So we actually reached out and, and to the media, brought them out, said, hey, this is a flock camera. This is what it does. So I took a lot of heat early on because it was that whole big brother question and, and nobody understood it. And once you explain this to them, then they love it. So you translate that to four years later, I was catching heat because I didn't have enough of them out there. <laughs> and people are like, why aren't these in my neighborhood yeah, now? Like, well, know. four years ago, you were mad at me. It, and let's talk about that. In neighborhoods, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and have you come out, uh, because, you know, a lot of people live in gated communities. But as mm-hmm. we all know, that's no 100% uh, keeping bad people out. Because what they do is drive up along a wall that's on the backside, hop the fence, and go in and burglarize homes. And by the time the police get there, go through the gate, security, and go to the house, they're in, out, and gone. So they can actually go to – people can actually go to flocksafety.com and um, look at the system and, and see what divisions that we have. We serve HOAs, commercial, hospitals, schools, law enforcement. It's just not law enforcement. Because where I live, we're not gated, but we do have three entrances, and that's the only way in and out of these three different entrances. And we have cameras there now, but they ain't like this. Well, you know, that's one thing. I was talking to some HOAs in Collierville, and they were saying, we don't know if we want to do a gate or these cameras. I said, we do a gate, and you're going to be responsible for the upkeep of your roadways. I said, these right here, and the gate's not talking to the police, and a bad guy can climb a gate. Yep. So, you know, you're building a layer, and I tell people, you know, police are first responders. But when you when you buy into a system like this, Fox Safety, you're the first level of defense, and you really are anyway. And, and that's one of the things that 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 the commercial entities that we talk to—they're all up and down Poplar Avenue. Your big guys, we tell them what, in the age of workplace violence, your administrator can go in and save a tag of an employee you just fired, and he made a threat, or say there's a, a, an employee that she's getting divorced, she has order protection on her husband. You can put her put his tag in there, and if he comes across that tag reader, we now have advanced warning that he's here. We can go lock a door. We can get her out of there. We can call the police. We've got you know we're trying to get in front of this violence, you know. And and the sheriff had told me a long time ago that you know he wanted to get to predictive analysis, and I told him we're not going to do it. And then I got this system. And now you're Damn, doing it. We aren't there. Uh, we're talking with David Ballard. We're going to take a break for some news and traffic, and we'll come back. We'll talk about uh, some of the new laws that governing our law enforcement and how difficult that's going to be to enforce. Uh, we'll talk about that. 
He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere. A radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This, this is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on this lovely Friday afternoon. A good friend of mine, David Ballard, who is now with a company called Flock Safety, F-L-A-U-C-K? F-L-O-C-K. F-L-O-C-K. Like a flock of birds. And the reason they name it is because the the flock is getting bigger. (laughs) It's growing. And it's uh, nationwide and getting bigger here in Shelby County, and not just with law enforcement, but with homeowners associations, corporations. Uh, They put one of these up on a parking lot and a big outfit like uh, FedEx or International Paper. They want to know who's coming to their parking lot. If there's a problem, if there's somebody that they fired and they want to make sure that they're not coming back on the property, enter this plate in, and this system will alert them if that car comes back anywhere around there that is inside of this uh, camera. It's a fascinating um, situation, but you can visit uh, uh, flocksafety.com. That, that's correct, flocksafety.com, and you can actually go on there if you're an HOA or commercial and request a demo. Uh, we'll set up meetings with you, uh, we'll, whatever you need. We want to get there because this is a safety solution for the, for the community. Well, as we were discussing, it is the, it, we're down 500 officers in the sheriff's office and the police department just in Shelby County alone, and it ain't getting better. And now we've got some new uh ordinances that have been voted on by the county commission is also the same ordinances by the city council to your knowledge you know i don't know um i'm not even sure if they've been voted on or not i don't think they've been voted on yet this, um, this is, these are the recommendations or the yeah, resolutions I, I read those and i was i was floored because there are things like uh no unmarked cars uh a a male law enforcement officer cannot manhandle a person who identifies as anything other than a male. But how are you supposed to know how somebody identifies if you're apprehending an individual in a violent situation? Well, you're not. And that's one thing I, you know, my hat's off to law enforcement. You know, I was there for 25 years, but they're facing challenges that that, that we didn't face in the 90s when I started. And, uh, you know, we ease it with technology also, but but some of the challenges these young officers are facing, I, I just I, I can't wrap my mind around it. You know, things happen fast on the street, and that's one of the things we like at Flock. We're giving officers time to plan and plan things safer. But uh, you know, it's a technological world. Everything's on camera. Um, everything's recorded, and, and technology has to lead the way. And that, that's our answer to some of this. And and if they want to go against that, uh, you know, I just think it's it's disingenuous at least that 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 our our leaders are are doing things that are going against public safety that's what i'm having a hard time with well and i was mentioning this on my show yesterday i don't think a lot of people realize that they can vote on whatever they want to here at the city council and county commission but at the state capitol they can look down the road and see memphis and if they decide it's that they their governmental agencies are not looking out for the best interest and the safety of this community they can step in and take over so it's only going to go so far uh, with these ridiculous demands and, and, and circumstances to prevent our law enforcement from being able to do their job. Because I, I think you probably would agree, too. There's a lot of people out there in law enforcement that are sitting there kind of sitting around the corner going, I think I'm going to wait for this to settle down a little bit before I roll up on the scene. 
because I don't want to get caught up into something that I can end up losing my job, my pension, and my family, because that's what's happening. Well, you know, and that's one of the things when I was a commander, I never wanted any of my people to have any hesitation in doing their job because that's dangerous. It's dangerous for the community. Uh, it puts them at risk when, when officers, you know, when that response time is down. Uh, but it puts the officers at risk as well. Well, because there isn't any time to second guess when it's no. actually happening. I, you have a great part of your training system at the academy is this uh, shoot or don't shoot uh, scenario that you've got to set up in the training academy inside. And you've got a sheriff's deputy car in there, and you've got a shotgun or, uh, I think, some kind of a rifle. And they show this interactive video. shows a, a different scenarios, but a guy getting out of the car. This is the one I shot and killed. Uh, he's getting out of the, his truck, and he's, he pulls and starts to turn toward me. And, of course, I, sh- I shoot him. <laughs> it was his cell phone. But that's how fast things happen. Is it a gun or is it a cell phone? Well, you know, that's, that, that training, I went through that as well. And, and a little stress is amazing. And, and when we go through the, the seminations house where you'd have that, those wax bullets and you had a little pain, yes. you got hit with them. And it, it, it puts that, you know, that monkey on your back that you don't want to, you know, you're going to experience some pain or you're going to experience some embarrassment if you have a bad shoot. But thankfully, they've got that training. Yeah. So you can get work those out. Muscle memory takes over, you know, in its training. Well, I, what was beneficial for me was I got a lot of the media to come out there and go through that uh, that uh, lesson. And uh, I'm hearing something. Oh, is that you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me turn mine down to make sure it's not me. Uh, that uh, the media, they are all were very quick to point out, you know, you should take time and understand the situation before you fire your gun. I said, you know, you're right. Let's take, come out and we'll put you through this little course and see how you do. Everyone of them shot somebody they shouldn't have shot. And they go, I had no idea. And I said, and get this, they weren't even really shooting back at you, mm-hmm. even if they could. You know, I, I, and one of the things I always liked when we did those sims, the seminations, if you t- and you tell people beforehand, this is going to hurt. Yeah. And then that put, that gets in their head right there. Well, you think, you know, these, these police officers and deputies and troopers going out there every day. Yeah. You know, and I liken it to, you know, that that's their tour of duty, eight hours a day for 25 years. Well, and, you, and it's always, uh, I know we got my permit to carry the, the officer, and he was a sheriff's deputy out of Jackson, Tennessee. He was great uh, as an instructor. And he said, it's never going to happen the way you think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He said, it's going to happen when you least expect it in a place you least expect it from a person you least expect. And I think one of the scenarios was uh, the guy in a parking lot, and he's got a a knife up or he's, he, there's a gun and he's and a woman and he's struggling with this woman and he's trying to get the gun or it looks like he's getting the gun you don't really know what's going on do you shoot what do you do what do you do turns out the woman was trying to kill him that he was trying to take the gun away from her but if you shot him you shot an innocent person who was going to get ready to be shot by this woman if he didn't take the gun away so and those are all things you have to consider and and run through your head in a split second mm-hmm yeah, and you know, and nobody wants to be in that situation, but but somebody has to be, and and that's why you know, like I said, hats off to law enforcement Ab- these days. Absolutely, well, not only law enforcement. Look at the fire two firefighters who were or three that were suspended, as well because they didn't follow procedure two, and of course we'll have to wait to see how that all turns out because we don't know if they were told not to do anything. I do know that I've seen some uh, reports that said. They offered or tried to give uh, the medical attention to him, and he pulled away from them. And, and they said, well, you're going to jail, so you might as well you need to let us help you. And 
Uh, he then leaned over, kind of fell over on his side, and said he didn't uh, intimate it. He didn't want that'll all come out in the trial. It'll come come out in their in their internal investigation. I'm sure. Yeah, and I've got I've got confidence that that the answers will come out. You know, and that's I, I'd be honest with you. You know, working in law enforcement as long as I did, I, I didn't really want any part to watch that. You know, I, I watched it once, and that's all I needed to see. Well, that was me. I, I sat there. People said, are you going to watch this? I'm going to watch it because it's really my job. I have uh-huh. to be able to discuss it. But I said, I have seen too much of that in my life. Uh, I've been there. You've been involved in it. Uh, uh, I've been in situations where I've seen things happen. And you go, man, uh, you know, it is. And, and people don't realize this. But reporters see just as much bad stuff as any cop or any um, EMT because you're right there. You may not be hands-on, but you see it. And when you see it every day, it does have an effect on mm-hmm. you. And um, you do start having an attitude. That's why I, I, years ago I said, like, I, I want to do feature stories because I've seen all the, the crime and dead people I want to see. And then it always kept coming back to that. Ah, we're not covering features anymore. You're going back to the death beat. You know? Well, I'll tell you, that's one of the funny things is when I came over to the private sector, just, this just been six months. And, you know, the first month I was going, do I really work here? It's just, it's just real life. <laughs> I haven't seen a dead person in like six months. I, you know, I, I, uh, my phone's not ringing. Yeah, that, was, that was the biggest thing because I was on 24-7. Mm-hmm. And it rang all the time. In fact, it had that factory set uh, ring for iPhones. And every once in a while, I hear somebody else's phone ring with that ring. I see that just a the shudder comes over me, and I go, "Thank God, I'm not answering that at two o'clock in the morning." Yeah, I, I had a. Uh, we could hear the train. You know, I used to live up in Millington, and we could hear the train from our house. And I, I was on call that week, and I told my sergeant it was a bad night. I got called like every forty-five minutes. And I told him, I said, "Look, I'm gonna get some sleep. And I'll be in later." <laughs> And uh, so I, I get went to sleep when train goes down the tracks, and I answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I finally said, "You know what? I just need to go in." <laughs> That's habit. Uh, we're talking with David Ballard with Falk, uh, Flock. I keep saying we call it Falk, like Peter Falk, but Flock Safety. And uh, we're going to be right back. And also, we got Josh Hammond um, with Buster's Liquor. He's coming in. And we're going to talk about uh, they're adding a butcher shop to Buster's Liquor, so you'll be able to get your booze and your beef right there all in one stop. They also have cheeses and all kinds of stuff. They're really starting to do things a lot more like they do in Texas. But because of the laws here in Tennessee, they couldn't before, but now they're able to. Uh, But we'll be talking to him also about all the break-ins that are happening at liquor stores in the area, which is another good reason I'm glad David's here. So we'll talk about all that and more when we come back. Stay with us. And welcome back on a Friday afternoon, a sunny day. And it used to be there was never crime during the day. I saw a video clip uh, today uh, of a guy at a car wash. Uh, and David Ballard's here with me. Uh, he's formerly with the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, uh, retired from there. I uh, was a detective and was in a special unit uh, that uh, worked in retail, catching all these retail uh, people. <laughs> You can't believe how much shoplifting is done, and that was back before they started crashing into places. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, just the uh, the amount of crime that's happening now, and it's it's not limited to midnight and after midnight. And this was uh, like two o'clock in the afternoon at a car wash in Cordova, I think, or Germantown. 
and there's a woman she's vacuuming out the opposite side of her car back this guy kind of creeps up and gets in the front seat steals her purse and creeps away gets in his car and drives away there are people all over the place uh-huh. The, the tip-off should have been this guy walking like Groucho Marx. They, that should have been their first tip-off. That he may be up to something. But it really is. It happens all the time. But if, if they if this car wash had had one of the units you have, a, a flock uh, camera, they would have been able to grab his license plate right then. As it was, nobody there that was standing there saw even saw him get the purse and get in his car and drive away. You know, that's, I think, one of the big, biggest things that we've done locally. And when I say we, the citizens, the the commercial community, and, and I'm just going to use the precinct that's doing this, Appling Farms. The colonel over there is really pushing a great initiative. And it's it's an East Memphis group that's really invested in, in this technology. And, and they're sharing information. They're talking. They're communicating. And the, the great thing is these, these entities – they all got on an app, and they talk, and they share these pictures every day and say, hey, they're over here on this lot. They're over here on this lot. Well, now the first responders are coming, and they're using information from commercial ventures and, and these privately owned cameras. So the, the citizens are actually funding and feeding intel into the PD, and, and that's what it's going to take to make a dent in this crime. Well, because we all know. I mean, you, cer- you certainly do because we were talking about a minute ago, people you keep arresting over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's only a certain amount out of this community that are criminals. Yeah. Everybody else is a law-abiding, tax-paying, uh, church-going, uh, Friday night have a beer kind of person. But the, the criminals keep doing the same thing over and over again, but we have a hard time catching them. And this is only part of the formula, catching them. And then after that, it's making sure they don't come back. Of course, my contention has always been, if you ever commit a felony in Shelby County, you should never be allowed to come back. <laughs> but they tell me that's unconstitutional. But my thing is, why should we have to live around people that we know are criminals that they're going to, they're going to, that's what they do. They are criminals. They're lifelong criminals. And that's what they're going to keep doing. Well, you know, it's, it's like, there's no perfect answer. You know, there's different levels there. We're helping people, the the police catch crime or catch criminals. We're, we're doing our mission of eliminating crime. We're doing a good job at it, but there are other levels. You know, we've got a, a security company here locally uh, Security One that decided to jump in, and they've made a purchase of these cameras. That's another level. I mean, that guy, that's taking money out of his pocket, really. If he's adding a level, but he wants to get to a solution with his customers. Well, that's what he's doing is he's saying, I'm bringing you cutting-edge technology. Exactly. and that's, To what that's, we, we can do to help protect you and to catch criminals. And there's more and more, that's why I'm saying, the more people that hear about this and the more people that are using it, the better off we are as citizens who want to stay safe and want to catch these people and get rid of them, get them off the street and, and stop all this. Because it's going to keep happening until people start getting arrested and, and put away. Well, that's correct. And, and, you know, you take for what we were talking about, like with an HOA, you know, but instead of putting that gate up, you put some of these cameras up that talk to the other police departments and that, that will extend investigations, not just that car that's coming into your community. And that's one of the cool things about this system is if you have some break-ins, we can actually go in, or the police, I say we, uh, the police can actually go in and say, show me all non-residents. There's a non-resident or resident button. Show me all non-resident wow. cars that were in that neighborhood last night, and it's going to spit out all the cars that don't belong. I mean, that's like magic, Dan. <laughs> I don't, can't wrap my mind around it. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just glad, to be, glad to be part of the team. Hope I can help the ball club. Well, I think you're helping all of us. When you first realized the, the power of this system, did you just kind of sit back in your chair and go, wow? Oh, we were in awe. 
You know, and I was I was one of the at first I was like, you know, wh- what's wrong with this? Yeah, yeah. What, what how is, is this not going to work for us? Right. Where's Where's the 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 fail right here? And and I haven't found it. Well, I'm amazed by it, and and I had kind of what I thought was a concept of what it was. I had no idea the the power of it though, and and the the reach that it has, and the instantaneous uh, uh, ability that it has to get the word out. And that's really what it is. It's speed. Well, you know, I tell you what's funny is you say, you know, using the word flock, flock safety. Well, all of our products are named after bird, and our flagship is the Falcon. That's the the tag reader that's out there on the street right now under the under the solar panel. But we have Raven, which is gunshot detection, and the Raven then talks to the cameras, and it, you know, it's so just, that's part of the system is gunshot detection too. It's it's a portion of the system that people or or agencies can opt to buy. So it's an add-on. Correct. Okay. Um, because, but, I mean, that's uh, – because all the – when I was with the sheriff's office, how many calls I got, we're hearing gunfire out here. I said, well, are you sure it's gunfire or is it something else? Because, uh, you know, I know when I lived downtown, I'd walk out of my balcony back in the day and uh, I'd hear – I think, what am I going to do this Friday night? And I hear pow, 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 pow. I said, I'm staying in tonight. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that's one of the things that, you know, I was proud to, to have been on the, the – the forefront of bringing this technology to the county and then i was even you know prouder when i came over to the company because this is my home i'm a lifelong memphian i'm proud of this city i love this city and and you're right when you talk about the good people of the city there are a lot of them yep. overwhelming uh, but it's all the same bad actors usually that yeah. when cops sit around and they say oh you remember old so-and-so yeah i remember him you know it's the same well you know and i'm gonna have a guy on uh, who's a former you know, you're always a marine but he was, uh, did two tours he teaches uh, self-defense and all about that you can't shoot people. We all everybody's talking about buying a gun, buying a gun. You don't want to end up in the prison because you thought you were doing the right thing, but you broke the law in doing so. So the best thing is to have as much technology doing this for us and let the police and law enforcement handle that end of it. And but we can all contribute. We'll talk more about it uh, right after this. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back. Uh, joining us in studio right now uh, is Josh Hammond. Uh, he's, he and his brother own the uh, probably most popular liquor store in town, Buster's, uh, yeah. which is a family tradition. It was your grandfather that started, your dad, Rami, ran it and taught you guys the business and now it's yours and yeah. uh, david ballard is still in here he was formerly with the sheriff's office and they immediately started uh, talking about uh, oh. the, the the commonality of all the things we're going through which is in, in shelby county if you're here right now the number one topic is crime uh josh uh, you've been broken twice that i know of that they crashed through your front doors Yes, and, and if, well, the first time they came to the front door, that was that was quite a few years ago, and we ended up getting uh, bollards put up and 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 a safety door screen to put over the front door. But this recent rash of crime over the last year has been unreal. So you know, we were broken into on election night of all things, 
Um, How interesting. Yeah. New and, DA. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, New DA was actually had his uh, his party, um, victory party, across the street. And then three hours later, you know, we're getting broken into. Um, I guess they ran out of booze. They, they might have. <laughs> we were, but, you know, we were number 45 out of 70 liquor stores that have been hit so far. 70. Yeah. That since is amazing. May. But uh, crazy. the police, I think, have responded extremely well to the situation. They are, they, we caught all the folks, by the way way that hit busters that, that was 25 people that there i saw was, streaming in there it, it seemed like 25 like a carnival um but there were uh 14 11 entered but there were 14 or 15 individuals in and you got all of them yeah all of them um, are 18 and older a couple of them are still in jail facing federal charges on unrelated gun charges but uh you know crime stoppers work so a big shout out to buddy chapman um, yes sir you mm-hmm. know the retailers came together the week following our break-in and you know, I thought uh, I'd heard of there was eight or nine, and a, a rep came in to inform me. He goes, dude, it's like up to 30. And then two days later, we were hit, and then I was informed we were number 45. Wow. So, wow. And, David, as you well know, and we talked about it earlier, usually it's all the same guys or a group of them that are somehow connected because they're all saying, no, this is, yeah, we're doing this. This is how you do it. Remember where they were breaking into all the drugstores? Yeah, they were Walgreens. The, uh, the pharmacies. Yeah, hitting yeah. the pharmacies. That was a big rash. That yeah. turned out to be the same guys. Yeah, they. they and, and I'm sorry to take the wind here, but uh, we got to meet with MPD, Metro Gang, um, a state prosecutor from the DA's office, uh, and several investigators. Um, this Wednesday, uh, we had a meeting, and uh, it was very productive. But, yeah, they do shift from industry to industry, don't they? Yeah, so, you know, you, you, it's a specialty. If they know that the layout of the liquor stores or they've got somewhere they can fence this product, um, that they can sell it easy like the guys with Walgreens. They knew the layout of Walgreens. It was basically a cookie-cutter layout. They knew, they knew the, exactly the hard where, drugs were. They knew how to get into the pharmacy itself. We actually tracked that group. They were they started in Memphis, but then we started tracking them up into Illinois, Indiana, wow. and they were just going around the country huh. getting them. Josh, did they find out what they did with all this? Because they were stealing a definite – they went after definite liquors yes. in your store. yes. Were they able to find out what they were doing with that? So um, they were selling it online, and uh, and that led the investigators to them, um, selling them out of the cars and, you know, uh, just anywhere they can, bottle at a time. But, uh, yeah, it's unreal, isn't it? It really is. I, I know when I was in the restaurant business, I had Sleep Out Lose downtown. And uh, go and pick up some dishwasher because ours didn't show up. So I'm over on Chelsea, and I got an apron on, and I'm standing. There, I got a ball cap, and I got. I'm standing outside my Jeep Cherokee. All these people kept stopping, stopping, and going, "What do you got?" I said, We're, "I'm looking for a dishwasher." Oh, they drive away. And somebody else said, "What do you got?" I said, yeah. and then somebody told me, "That's how the black market works. If you've got an apron on, that means you have something to do with the the food industry." And I think you got steaks or I got, you know, roasts or something. Hmm. And so you just stand out there. That's your sign. I'm selling food. (laughs) And if you're selling booze, I guess you get a Falstaff beer hat or a a Seagram's hat on and stand out there and sell booze. (laughs) But because uh, they're not doing it because they want to go drinking that night. Uh, the other thing I thought was really interesting was when we had the released the video of the Tyree that Friday night, there were a bunch of break-ins in stores, the gaming stores, you know, like uh, the kids' games uh, that they play that they go trade in for new ones. There was about six of those in Winchester that got hit, but not one liquor store got hit. Yeah, well, you know, the we're, we're kind of learning our lesson in this industry, so a lot of stores have hardened up mm-hmm. their stores and put in more security measures. Um you know, uh, we put in Arc-I, 
which is a camera system basically that ties into our existing exterior cameras. But, you know, the, the police or the uh, alarm company spent about three and a half minutes trying to get me uh, awake, and I'd been out the night before uh, <laughs> picking out a barrel of bourbon with my brother at his house. So uh, we were kind of all sleeping, but we lost time, right, to be able to respond, yeah. check our phones and our, and our cameras. Uh, so we're now putting it in the hands of Arcai. Uh, they tap into our exterior cameras, and if anybody walks up near the building, you, they will get talk, they, they'll get talked down to, literally. Um, and, so they can and, talk through your system to them. <laughs> yeah, we've installed speakers outside, and they say, hey, you, uh, Earl, with the hat and the, yeah. and the vest on. Big you, ugly guy. Yeah, big ugly guy. <laughs> you need to leave immediately. You're being actively monitored. And, you know, it really works. And then if they do something against the property, then uh, that gets phoned in straight to the police, and it's an in-progress, which elevates the response time. Well, that's what I was telling David earlier, talking about his flock system. Yeah. Is that the more people, the criminals find out that they're not going to get away with this stuff anymore, that everybody has toughened their defenses, as yep. you just said, and the cameras are everywhere, your cameras, the sheriff's office cameras, police cameras, private individual cameras. And they're, they're, they have artificial intelligence. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot more yeah. than ever before. And it's not just, we'll go back and roll the tape back and see what we see. This is instantaneous. Yeah. You know, one of the things I think, and Earl and I were just talking about layered security and what you're doing with your system yeah. and with the police or with roving security. Well, well, these cameras, once we layer that in, and you got some going across the street on Poplar, you got some going down south of you on Highland. It, it gives about a six-second delay from the from the time it reads a stolen plate, which those were probably stolen cars, mm-hmm. sent it to the police and says, hey, there's a stolen car southbound on Highland at Poplar. Yeah. And here's a picture of it. Beautiful. And and that's going to get the, the police, because the police know that if, if you get that stolen car, you're probably going to negate another 100 or so crimes. That car is going to go do break-ins or automobile break-ins or something like that. And well, it gets your, your yeah. victims or cars Just back. the faster, because that's what they're going to do is take that car. Remember a couple of weeks ago they had uh, some guys in a Nissan came off Mount Moriah, went through Shelby Farms, and they had like 20 police cars chasing them. Uh-huh. And uh, they were shooting out their rear window at the police as they were going. Yeah. This is 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Didn't ever catch that car, but they, they every, every entrance to Germantown and uh, Collierville, they had police sitting out watching for this car. Well, there are also cameras looking for that mm-hmm. car. And because, uh, but what they do is they ditch that, but that's why it's so important to get to the description of that car, play it on that car, and get it out uh, right after they commit a crime because they're going to ditch the car. They're going to go steal another one. Then you got to figure out what car that yeah. is. Well, we we know it's probably going to be, a, a, what is it, an Infinity, Infinity or a Hyundai or, or a, a Kia. A I Kia. Mean, yeah. uh, I, and I hate, I hate it for those car companies, but if they can't make it a little bit more uh, difficult to break into, I don't know why we'd want to buy one of those cars right now. Well, what you want to buy is a car that goes slow and is ugly and <laughs> nobody well, you, wants. You've seen the new security system on the cars, though, right? You, you, put, a, you put a bag over your window and it makes yeah. it look like... Like you've already been broken into. Well, nothing nothing I saw left. A, I saw an article out in California somewhere, and there were about five cars and SUVs lined up, and they had all their doors open, the trunks open. Let and they said the, they, people parked them this way yeah. Yeah. and just opened all their doors. When I lived downtown, I had a convertible. And I just left it open, the top down, and, and unlocked because I, I didn't have anything in the glove box or anything else. And we're getting, we're, be, we're going back to old school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in we a do different want, way. We do want to talk about the new butcher shop you're opening up, Josh. We're going to take a quick yeah. break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about how you can go get some booze and a great steak. Yeah. And I need a flock camera. And he needs a flock camera. We're going to fix <laughs> it up. One-stop shopping. <laughs> we'll be back. 
And welcome back on a Friday afternoon. Uh, got David Ballard here. He's with flocksafety.com. Uh, check it out. I think you're going to be very impressed, whether for your business or for your neighborhood, your homeowner association. And also Josh Hammond, who's the owner of Buster's Liquor, who's more familiar with crime than he wants to be because uh, mm. because of the crime in, in Memphis. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna check it out. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> he's gonna check it out. Uh, but we want to talk about that. You're you're not letting it defeat you. In fact, you've hardened your business. You've beefed up security in every facet. But you're also expanding your business, and you're going into the the, the beef business, the meat business. Yes, um, I think that's a great idea. Thank you. I mean, I tell you, yesterday was, or the day before, was our kind of official press release that uh, featured in the Memphis Business Journal, and um, the the response has been absolutely overwhelming. So um, we're we're thrilled by that, and we'll be more thrilled to get it open, um, hopefully here um, uh, by June. So we've been working on... Grilling season. Grilling season, yeah. We wanted to get it open by, uh, uh, you know, a a few months earlier, but... I tell you, there's a lot that goes in yeah. to engineering a butcher shop. <laughs> well, you have all the FDA uh, stuff that you, in USDA that you don't have with the liquor store because all your but, well everything comes in your liquor store is packaged, even yeah. all the the cheeses and yeah. all the other things. So this you're bringing in raw product, and yeah. that's, that's a different animal. Yeah, we so to have speak. A, yeah, you got to have a grease trap receptor, and, yeah. and you know we're going to have a little bit of a cook line. It's not that we're going to be a restaurant per se, but we can do special events and serve some people in there, but. Uh, it's going to be a full service, you know, what I'd like to think is a meat and cheese kind of butcher shop where you well, can come in and, you know, survey what we have. and Because you're you're a guy's guy, and, and you've always liked the things that we all love, ribeyes, fillets, yeah. uh, prime, uh, because the way I look at it, I, my wife doesn't let me eat that much bread meat, but when I do, I want to eat the best I can get. Yeah. And uh, it, there is a difference. Yeah. I know, uh, David, you're a big cookie. We're telling me you got a green egg, you got uh a uh, flat griddle. You got. Uh, if I, I've got so many, if I buy another one, my wife is listening. <laughs> will probably move me out. But the, and <laughs> and that's why you're really smart because there's so many people just like us that that's what we do. I cook out yeah. year round. And yeah, you know it's it's interesting. People are like uh, you know customers have said, well, you know it's you're kind of getting back at some of the uh, the grocery stores. You know they've uh, they took a bite out of you from uh, you know taking some wine sales, so we feel like we're gonna. You know, take a little bit of a a bite back, but you're just offering service. Well, it's listen. um, We feel like this market, especially, is underserved for independent butcher shops. It is. There's a lot of folks that want more, and uh, maybe in a more intimate environment, so to speak, to get to know your butcher, get to know really where the meat is coming from. That's really a big deal. It is. The folks that we're going to be sourcing from, we can share that information with them. Uh, Home Place Pastures uh, yeah. is a place down in Como, Mississippi. We've uh, we've been touring cattle farms, man. Well, my son's and, a cattle guy now too. So, oh, really? Yeah, uh, they've got running about two hundred head of Black Angus, and so I'll put him in touch with you. Please do. That's uh, the kind of thing we're looking for, yeah. you know. And today's uh, a win. Today's a win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have a flock camera, and I'm gonna have some yeah. Angus beef trunk uh, full of beef. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm gonna grill in the snow like I always do. Yeah, but th- that's the thing. I mean, I grill out year round. Everybody goes. I, I can't believe you're. Out there and it's i said look there's nothing like stuff yeah. cooked outside uh, and to, just the flavor of it i know everybody's into pellets now but it's still i love charcoal and and i'm pretty rudimentary i do i've had a weber grill since i was got out of college i just keep yeah. buying new ones you know? well when it, when it when it comes to chefing i'm i'm not your man um my brother is an incredible chef he loves to cook 
Um, and it kind of brings up some other thoughts. It's like while we're getting into the uh, the meat business, it's it's like we don't know that business. And um, so what I kind of want to say is we've, we've got an incredible butcher and uh, a gentleman named Brad McCarley. Um, he's been involved with Porcellino's, City Block, and Curb Market, all three different type butcher shops that have been in the city. Um, <clears throat> and so anyhow, he runs Salt and Soy Restaurant on Broad. Um, and uh, he's going to come work with us full time when we get this thing open. But the beauty of it is that not only does he have the experience and the background in the butcher business and has learned a lot, but he is also a chef by trade. So, you know, he's going to be able to be really helpful and educate well, customers. And, and I think that's it. that's also another added attraction uh, to it is that he, not only can you buy the best cuts of meat and he can explain to you yeah. how to cook each one. He can say, and th- let me tell you what goes great with this. And yeah. then you go next door and you can get the, yeah. the cheeses and the other, the other accoutrements. Yeah, well, we'll have the cheeses in the butcher shop. As well. Yes. I know you sell them in the liquor store now. Yeah, we do. And, and But, you know, when we get in the butcher shop, we we, pl- we will have uh, what we'd like to do is, uh, you know, we're going to hire a cheesemonger slash food specialist that will kind of oversee that aspect of uh, the butcher shop. Um but we'll have cheese wheels, right? We'll have yeah. cheeses from all over. Oh, wow. So we'll have someone really kind of managing that. Right now, it's it's a little bit more of a just a kind of a, a quick order, kind of another grocery item that we have in our store compared to the other products we sell. So we want someone who's going to re- really behind it. But you think about how much from when your grandfather opened Buster's originally. Yeah. You were probably selling, you know, Jack Daniels and Johnny Walker Red Label and – and, and Blue Nun and yeah. Matus and well, Boone's Farm. It's it's funny you say that. I'm listening. Go ahead. You're but I, and I think John Grazani is responsible for educating this community on wine. Oh yes, and and many of the other spirits. And it is now a very sophisticated market. And what, that's what I love about what you're doing now. It's just you're taking it to the next level. Yep. And I think that's very important. Well, I appreciate that, and um, it, it's definitely going to complement our business extremely well. It's going to be a great fit right next to to the liquor store and wine shop there. Um, but you know, as uh, it's kind of like we're returning to our roots. You may not know this, Earl, but uh, Buster originally started uh, in the grocery business. I did not know yes. that. Yes. Um, so he and a guy named Tom Kirk were partners on three uh, local retail grocery stores. Uh, smaller footprints, obviously, uh, probably 3,000 square feet type thing. That's but, the way little gro- corner groceries used to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they were called Ham Kirks. And uh, the amazing thing is Ham Kirk's, the original, is still open on South Bellevue. Wow. Um, just south of the parkway. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's still there. And that's where he used to run his business. Yeah. I don't know who owns it now, but um, yeah, Buster and Tom um, basically disagreed how to run the business. <laughs> but then they, they came to uh, an agreement on you know what the, what the price would be, and they flipped a coin and Buster lost. And then that's how he got into the liquor store business, and he opened up a liquor store right next to it. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to it opening sometime in June. Yes. Uh, but we, meantime, liquor store is open. Liquor store is liquor open. Liquor is open. Uh, and uh, David, thanks for coming in. Flock safety.com and busters liquor have a great have a great weekend guys thank you earl thank you we'll see everybody monday have a great weekend